All right, I'm about to get my 50 cent on this episode, bro. Find me in the club. <laughs> Welcome to the Boxing One Podcast, where we discuss Christ, sports, and culture through the lens of the gospel. Hey, welcome back to the Boxing One Podcast. It's your boy, Jay Rich, sitting here with my boy, C. Lass. And we are both at undisclosed locations. Y'all don't even know, want to know where we're recording from. Corona got us in, in, in crazy spaces recording podcasts, but we are doing it. And we're excited about doing this on today because last weekend or over the weekend, we experienced a movement that was just pure joy. And we all need joy in the midst of all this struggle, heartache, and pain that we're going through with this COVID-19 crisis, man. And that joy is was in a space that both of us are passionate about, man, music, uh, but not a space where we generally go because we're both, we both love Jesus. So it was in a club, club pandemic, club coronavirus, club uh, homeschool, whatever you want to call it. Uh, my boy D Nice, DJ D Nice, he's my boy now because I added him on Instagram. Um, my boy D Nice had over a hundred k people tune in to his DJ set for over six hours this weekend. Man, spinning classic hip hop tracks, R and B tracks. Man, everybody was going in, and they called it Club Corona. Man, now C Lass, did you hop in Club Corona? I didn't. Jay Rich, uh, I'm going to tell you, part of my testimony is the last time I went to the club was the last time I went to the club. Uh, it was it was a bad night. And plus, I think um, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you and me might be the first time two black men ever talked to each other and neither one of them could dance. You have that correct. <laughs> the club is something I've always wanted to avoid for a number of reasons, but part of it is your boy just don't have that coordination. It's one thing to hoop, but it's a completely different thing to try to get out there and dance. Listen, I, I used to go hold up the wall, but we ain't talking about that, man. We're talking about D-Nice's homeschool party. And, I mean, I did tune in for a little bit because, you know, Pastor John liked to be in these cultural streets to see what's going on. Michelle Obama, Joe Biden, who came through? Usher came through. Everybody who was everybody came through. Uh, this six hour long set that D nice set up and played on Instagram live. Now last, I just got to thinking, man, I was like, look, this guy plays music for six hours and people sit there and then are tuned in. You know, we talk about where this generation is a generation that is distracted, can't keep their focus. How is it that people spent six hours on this Insta stream in a quote unquote club, listening to music and me as a pastor, I got, I like to think about these things pastorally as a pastor. We have a hard time having people come and sit through a 40 minute sermon, man. What's up with that? See last. I don't know. I mean, your pastor is a beast. So I don't think you probably had that problem at your church. If you ever get a chance to uh, go to Jay Rich's church and listen to the, the preaching team there, uh, they are some great Bible teachers and they are, uh, not hard to follow and not hard to stay awake either. Yeah. Pastor Pointer is a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think one of those things is um, 
in the cultural moment that we're in, people are looking for something. And he scratched an itch, if that makes sense. Um, we all have all the music we could ever want to access on our phone. But what we were longing for with no sports or other things that typically have been the things that bring us together, there was just a need, a unique need. And um, he was able to capitalize on that and say, like, hey, I will create the common thing. Like, it's one thing when we listen to a song we like, but when we got 100,000 people all being able to comment and say, like, oh, now we have something in common. The thing that we've been missing, the bridge in our communication is back. Now we have something we've shared in common where we can go in and have discussions. And so um, that that's definitely something that the church can pick up on as we try to navigate these streets as well. And you know what? I think people got a... Uh, a glimpse into what the black church looks like. And I'm not saying the black church is a club, but what I am saying is that, that, that the fact that he created dialogue as opposed to monologue, Uh, anytime you have a DJ, the best DJs are able to talk with people and actually uh, create movement within the songs. So in the black church, we've always had this call and response culture, right? Where we don't just talk, to people, but we talk with people. And I think even in our social distancing that a lot of churches can learn from that, learn from the fact that we're not in a space now where we can talk to people. People are longing for community. They want to be able to talk with you as opposed to talk to you. Um, So how are you going to do that, pastor? How are you going to do that, leader? How are you going to do that, someone who is on social media? Uh, you got to start thinking through those things. And I think D-Nice opened the can, so to speak, on what it looks like to engage people in a culture that is social distancing, but still longing for some type of social community. I think there's a verse, I think it's First Chronicles 12.32, and it talks about the men of Issachar understood the times and they knew what to do. And I I think that speaks so much to us. It's like, we're in a different time and um, we have to understand that time in order to rightly apply the gospel to this season we're in. Yeah, and the writer of Ecclesiastes talks about times and seasons, like there's a time and season for everything. We have to be able to rightly discern what season we're in right now as the church. And sometimes that means sitting back, uh, being humble and learning from culture. Because if a guy from culture can rightly engage 100,000 people, then you might want to sit and learn from that. I wrote a blog post over the weekend. You guys can go and check it out on my website, johncrichards.com. And it talks about three things that we could learn from this homeschooling concert that I think would be helpful for many of you uh, if you are looking to better engage the folks around you who aren't around you physically. So I think that's a a good word from D-Nice and from from the 100,000 people that joined him, being able to just hear from uh, the culture telling the church that there's some things that we actually need to work on because we're doing things that are unprecedented and things we've never done before. So we got to take on a learning posture. And yo, let me just add to that. Um, Like I can hear somebody that might say, well, isn't that just us being worldly? I think there's a difference between like copying the world and understanding that all truth is God's truth and looking at like what's the common truth in something and using that because uh, 
we know the Bible is true, we would say like, oh, the Bible is inerrant. But we would also say like, hey, God didn't say that everything that was true is only contained in the Bible. So like two plus two equals four might not be in the Bible, but we would still say like, hey, that's something that is true. And so we look for all of God's truth in order to rightly apply it to this world. Um, So yeah, just in case somebody was wondering about that. That's good wisdom, man. Good wisdom. All right, man. I know both of us, neither one of us go to clubs anymore, but let me just ask you this question. Who is the one person, who is that one person that you would say, if I see that person in the club, I'm turning around because by the end of the night, this ain't going to be good because we're going to be fighting in here. Everybody's going to be fighting because of this one person. So Jay Rich, can I just tell you a story real fast? So like my friends, my friend group growing up, they know like he can't dance. We never really seen him fight. So like there's really no use to take him to the club. But my, I think it was going in between my sophomore and junior year of college. They was like, just go out with us one night. And when I get there, my friends get in this like argument and then the next thing I know, it's just pictures of beer going back and forth. And uh, <laughs> it's like these group of guys are playing tag, literally. But they're playing it. They're buying pictures of beer and they're throwing it on people. My friends is kind of big. And so people look on, like they're ready to fight. Then they turn around and say, maybe we don't want to fight. But uh, I would never go back to the club with them. And them is my boys. But I wouldn't go to the club anyway. But I'm definitely not going with my squad back from the uh, mid-90s, especially uh, my twins, Doc and Bruiser, yo. Well, since you mentioned twins, I'm going to go with Kendrick Perkins and DeMarcus Cousins. They got to be they got to be kin to each other because they have the same disposition. So if I see either one of them in the club, these are two NBA players, Kendrick Perkins, DeMarcus Cousins. I want my money back. I'm walking out. I'm going to see y'all on the news later because somebody going to be uh, They got to be triplets. We got to put Zach Randolph in there, right? <laughs> yep. Zach Randolph. We can add him, too. That's the My that's neighborhood the, bullies get bullied. Ain't, ain't that him? <laughs> that's him. That's him. So we're going to go with those three. Cousins, Perkins, and your boy, Zebo. When your name's Zebo, you know you be Deboing, folks. For sure. Hey, there's another story that we wanted to touch on, man, from this coronavirus situation. And it's a little bit more somber, but it's serious. Uh, serious enough for me to say something about it on social media. So... Uh, our president actually tweeted something about uh, this virus being the Chinese virus. And, oh, the Internet exploded. People on one side or the other. And, you know, both of us, we try to be tempered in the way we have conversations. So we want to be well balanced uh, with truth and grace. So we see uh, bipolar culture, but you and I try to stay uh, in that bridge space. So I tried to help people understand that, yes, calling it the Chinese virus is a literal description. It may have come from China, but there are bigger things you have to consider when you do that. First of all, that the CDC and WHO both said, don't call it this because it could create a stigma. And then two, we see a ton of Asian Americans actually being attacked uh, not just emotionally and spiritually, but also physically uh, out in the streets because people are associating this virus with anyone who's Asian American, not just Chinese folks. Uh, I remember back when, and many of you all might 
too, when Japanese Americans were sent to internment camps like the Nazis did with Jews back in the day. This was 60 years ago where they sent folks from California up to the Northwest and put them in these camps because of Pearl Harbor, because Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. These are American citizens. And I just don't want us to get back to that point. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I pointed that out. And I have a lot of Asian American friends that I wanted to make sure I affirm because I think a lot of times uh, people of color, specifically African-Americans, we tend not to speak up for other uh, people of color in our context. So I wanted to make sure that most of my friends who were African-American knew that I stood with my Asian-American brothers and sisters because to tell you the truth, our cultures aren't too much different they like barbecue we like barbecue (laughs) (laughs) they have strong family units we love our family so i think that i think standing up for them is something that could be helpful for them in this time what about you c Laz? what did you think about that all right so first um what i've seen a lot is um people trying to politicize the issue like oh um if you think it's that, then you must be liberal or you must be conservative if you hold to this. And I don't want to take it to the political realm. I want to take it to the biblical realm. The fact that we're image bearers. And um, as we consider this, I try to think about Paul. And I don't know why, like, this is the analogy that comes to me, but Paul just saying like, oh, if this is going to be hurtful to someone, like, I'll give up meat. Like, that's not important. What's, what's important is the gospel. Uh, what's important is me loving my brother well. And um, if just the simple using the right terminology rather than like stigmatizing a people is right, obviously, like that's what I want to do. I don't want another image bearer to suffer harm because I'm perpetuating something um, that could have ramifications for that person. And so to me, like political issue, that is a biblical issue on social media that are Asian American brothers and sisters in Christ asking the president, please don't do this. Yeah, so he actually, I want to say thank you to him too, because he actually tweeted out something this morning that said, we want to be careful how we treat our uh, Asian American citizens in our country right now. And I just thought that was the right move. And I was super thankful to see uh, President Trump acknowledging um, that his words do have power and using those words for good today. That's good, man. Now, speaking of using words and using platform for good, we got a great story that we want to close with on today. Yeah, we were just to pull back the curtain on the show. At one point, we were trying to figure out the direction of the show. And one thing I really wanted to do was have a guest because this guest was one of my favorite professional athletes of all time. And that was Maya Moore. I fell in love with her basketball game at UConn and then during the Olympics and in the WNBA. Jay Rich, I'm not a big fan of recycled sports, so I'm not about to watch some games that have already happened a whole bunch of times. And so I've kind of tuned out the sports world with nothing new happening, but there is one story that I didn't want to fall by the wayside, and that is Maya Moore has been working with a gentleman named Jonathan Irons, I believe is his name. Um, He was 16 when he was sentenced to 50 years in prison, and she caught wind of his story, and um, she's been working to maintain his innocence for a long time, even putting her basketball career on pause to do that. He is now 39 years old, so he's been there about 23 years. And on March 9th, a judge overturned his conviction. Uh, So there's still some more things that have to happen in the legal process. 
But that is an amazing story. It's an amazing picture of the gospel. It's an amazing picture of biblical justice. And I didn't want that story to get lost when everything all day is Corona. So big ups to her. Here's an athlete who leaves a lucrative career, who is a superstar in the league, not just a role player, but a superstar, to pursue an issue that she feel is a gospel-centered issue, and she does it with all her heart. If that is not a microcosm of the gospel, of a God who leaves heaven and whatever lucrative riches are there to come down and pursue you and I so that we may get back into right, right relationship with the Father, uh, the fact that she has done that is just a small picture of what Christ has done for us. And I'm just grateful for men and women who don't pursue riches, don't pursue trophies, don't pursue championships, but pursue treasures that are laid up in heaven that they won't necessarily get camera time for, but they'll get time in the face of our creator. And I'm just grateful for for Maya for doing that and um, praying that she uh, continues to be that light that God has called her to be. Uh, it's just great to see that, man. You just don't see that very often. So we wanted to make sure we gave her time on the show to make sure she understood that we appreciated her, even if she doesn't hear this. Uh, and I know she knows that God is shining down on her, his light shining on down on her because he knows that she's a daughter of the King doing great work. So, Jay Rich, could you imagine you are sitting in prison from the time you're 16 to the time you're 39? Even if you know you did it, that's a lot of time to do and it's hard. But imagine if you knew you were innocent, but no one was out there fighting for your innocence. And it's been 23 years. So I just can't say thank you enough. And Maya, if you ever do hear this, your invitation to the Pox and One podcast is always open. So we couldn't make it happen that first time. But if you ever want to join the show, there's always a place for you. There's always a third mic. Come through, Maya. We actually did reach out to her, right? We reached out to her. So so maybe we might in the future have Maya more on the show to talk about uh, some of the work that she's doing. But if we don't, we still wanted to make sure we commended her and gave her props here on the Boxing One podcast because she's not just an athlete. Uh, she's an athlete doing amazing work uh, in the realm of social justice. So, all right, C-Lass, what you listening to? What you reading, man? What you been up to lately during this Corona COVID-19 deal? Yeah, Jay Rich. So I'm still on the exact same stuff I was last week. I'm still working through N.T. Wright, Surprised by Hope. But I'm going back through an audio book called The Soul of Shame. And just the way that God's written my story is uh, part of like, I just always feel like I'm not measuring up and I'm always looking at how I could do more, be a better husband, but I just feel it like in a deep way. And so I have to be reminded that the gospel says that I am enough and I have to constantly fight against shame with the gospel. And so going back to that book, it's a super resource for anyone who um, just has that shares that same battle with shame i couldn't commend this resource to you more what about you um i am now reading jeff henderson's know what you are for 
Jeff is a former staff member at Andy Stanley's church. He's also a staff member or lead pastor at the Gwinnett Church in the Atlanta area. But he's also worked with Chick-fil-A. He's been in the business world. So Jeff is one of those guys is when he writes something or speaks, you read and listen if you are looking to become a better leader. And this book is about um, asking a couple of diagnostic questions as organizations and as a person and saying, hey, what is it do I want to be known for? And then number two, what do people know me for? And trying to bridge the gap between those two is what every business and every person should be doing. I asked you that question of myself a couple of days ago, Chris, and you gave me an answer that almost made me wept, weep like Jesus did in the Gospels. But uh, I appreciate you for letting me know what you think about me. And, and gratefully, it's not too far off of what I want to, want to be known for. So that's good news. Um, a warm theologian. That's what I called you. So we'll just share it with the world. A warm theologian. I was going to take that one, boy, and run with it. A warm theologian. So that's good. I'm, I'm, I always want to be the person who gives people their flowers like this side. So I appreciate you, man. So good, man. Well, that's a great book, man. I would commend it to anybody. Again, it's called Know What You Are For by Jeff Henderson. Check it out. And then uh, what I'm listening to, man, I'm listening to some Elevation Worship. Uh, they always have some good music, but they have a new song called Graves Into Gardens. And it talks about moving from a grave to a garden, obvious references to uh, death and then the Garden of Eden and then the garden being restored in Revelation. And I think it's a good time for people to listen to this song because a lot of people feel like they are experiencing a graveyard situation, but that God ultimately is going to bring us back into the garden, uh, the garden that Jesus sweat blood in so that he can ultimately be brought back into the fold as children of God. So Graves into Gardens, Elevation Worship, check it out. I'm going to check it out as soon as we hang up. All right, y'all. That's been the Boxing One Podcast. I appreciate y'all for joining us at the club. No, not really. But uh, we're glad that y'all came through. Appreciate y'all. Uh, me and C-Last always have a good time chopping it up and are grateful for everyone who listens to the podcast. We are going to be more regular. We've been doing this pretty regularly the past couple of weeks. And I'm just grateful for my brother for for kicking it with me for about 30 minutes or so. Absolutely, man. We'll see you guys next go round. Grace and peace.